this is Coco Columbia. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. This is Travis from the audio sequence. I'm Vince. I'm Boyd. This is Josh from Adverse Effects. This is Annie, Rebecca, and Katie. And we are The, the Cabin, Cabin Project. Project. Hey, this is Logan Lynn. And Gino Mari. You're listening to Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX. Sounds of PDX on PRP. Happy Tuesday evening, everybody. You're listening to 99.1 FM, and you're on PRP.FM, perhaps, or streaming us on a mobile device. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Luke Neal, and we have special guest Chris Margolin in studio with us. What's going on, man? How's it going? Very, very good. It's been a little while. Yeah, I'm so glad you're back, though. We had you on the show last year and uh, had a taste of what you've been working on with this (laughs) new record. Very, very early, uh, unmixed version of things, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for everyone to hear it because... Man, you knocked it out of the park. I was able to really spend a lot of time with it over the last three days. And it's just, it's really great. One of the things that as like a OG music purchaser and going home and reading the liner notes type thing, I really appreciate the construction of the record. And it obviously has a really cool flow. Thank you. Uh, So we're going to address those things. You know, you're producers, behind the scenes, writing process, all that stuff. Uh, But I want to hop into our PDX Spotlight playlist get things started right away with uh, an influence that you and I have in common, but I wanted to get your take on why particularly you selected the track two from Ryan Adams, other than it was on the True Blood soundtrack. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, it, I think the last time I was on here, there was probably a Ryan Adams song on my playlist as well. I don't blame uh, you. Yeah, and I, I think he's just, um, he was one of the reasons why I kind of drifted more toward the uh, like alternative Americana genre. Um, there was something about his songwriting that uh, just hit me on a different level. Um, and it kind of, for me, it kind of harkened back to the the reasons why I started writing music. And I, I think I got my first guitar when I was 12. Um, and and at that time, you know, it was Nirvana and Pearl Jam and, and the grunge scene. And I was the right age for those for that music to you know kind of speak to me in my you know teenage whatever days. <laughs> angst them. Yes, my teenage <laughs> angst. And uh, you know I think I think over time you know as you get older you start listening to uh, to more of a uh, you want a storyline I think. And uh, I felt at that time like the rock music I was listening to the the, the lyrics were getting away from stories, um, and I wanted a, I wanted a true lyricist and songwriter. Um, and I just, his lyrics were just really, they were important to me. Um, and, and that song, it's a really, really simple song about love and loss and relationships and kind of dealing with your own crap. Hmm. Um, and it just, it's always been one of those things that, uh, that sits, you know, sits kind of deep with me. As a songwriter, I think Ryan Adam, he exemplifies like the take it or leave it. I'm going to write songs. You can consume them when you like type attitude. No, puts out a underground hip hop album, puts out a heavy metal album every now and again. Puts out a Taylor Swift cover right? record, like, which was surprisingly wonderful. Brilliant. Uh, yeah, we got a lot to cover in the next two hours. Very excited. Uh, if you hadn't heard, we're going to be debuting the entire new record in the second hour with a couple live performances. We've also got a song from Falcon Heart in the playlist and current influences for Chris Margolin. We were just talking about him, though. Let's listen to uh, Ryan Adams. Stick around. I've got him until 9 p.m. here on PRP. If you take me back, back. 
Cause it's calling me And I wish it was hard The sink's broken, it's leaking from the falls And I'm fractured from the fall And I wanna go home It takes two and it used to take one Ryan Adams here on Sounds of PDX. He is on the PDX Spotlight playlist right now. Uh, as of Sunday, you can see the new Arrows in Orbit uh, episode. Fantastic to Hunter and the gang. Uh, did a really bang-up job. We've also got Skulldiver, Rare Monk, and Shannon Entropy on the way. All really cool episodes. So thanks to PDX Spotlight for the help with the playlist every week. Uh, but my guest this week is Chris Margolin, who is also Indeed. an alumni of PDX Spotlight. Uh, Lucy Gray. Had a nice little jam session on there pre uh, yeah. Luke Neal days. I was not there yet. Yeah, I miss that band. Yeah, there, there was that was a lot of fun. Those were those were uh, those were two really really good years of music. Um, I mean, you know, and and luckily, you know, I met I met Fitch there, who I know we're going to talk about the production side of the album in a bit. Um, you know, I really started working with him in that project. I'd known him from Marco Luna in the year, you know, in, in years past. Um, and then uh, Josh and, and Dan, um, <laughs> who came from the audio sequence and are now uh, back in the audio sequence, um, you know, watching them work together. And, and they were the, the songwriters. Um, so watching them work together to craft music was it was it was impressive. I've never seen two musicians, especially a drummer and a guitar player. I've never seen them work so well together and actually truly arrange songs in the moment together and follow each other through just head nods and quick signs and they they're impressive when they work together yeah you listen to something from lucy gray like uh coated in crimson and it's just evident it's just oozing a well thought out well production. And, and there's the perfect example of a song that's recorded you know written and recorded in the studio we recorded the album live um with uh with stefan hawks at interlace and uh 
you know, we walked in there and he said, okay, go write a song. <laughs> um, and so we, we did. Uh, and, and that, you know, uh, honestly on that album, it's, it's absolutely my favorite song on that album. And yeah. it's, you know, it, just, I mean, but that's what they did. They walked into the, they walked into the, you know, the little music room there and they, they wrote a song, you know, and, and that was, it's just really cool how that works. Like I, you know, I'm not a, I, I like to think that I'm a really good rhythm guitar player and I can come up with, you know, a few songs. And if I have a capo, I can come up with a few more. Uh, those guys just, they know how to write music. And it's, then that's the thing about, you know, I, I try to find musicians to play with who, I love watching because what's the point of being in a project if you, you know, you don't absolutely love the way somebody's writing something or, yeah. you know, or, you know, and I used to be really bad about taking directions and, and working with people because I didn't have, I'd never had like a songwriter, like a, a partner, um, you know, in, in the dregs and in frame by frame, I finally had, you know, I had, I had Matt Kebby to work with um, and write with and we did really well. Uh, but outside of that, I'd never found that other person. And it was, it's just, it's inspiring to take a step back, um, and just watch people watch the creative side of people that, that, you know, you hadn't really seen before. I think as a songwriter too, um, it, it changes, you know, the project can completely change based on who you surround yourself oh, with. Absolutely. I think a good example is, uh, kind of the opposite of what happened. The, the next song that you brought into me to play is uh, let her cry by Footing <laughs> the blowfish. But you look at Darius Rucker, who's a country singer now. Yeah, he was always a country singer. Right? Hooting the blowfish was a country band. And I mean, that's they... exactly my point. He surrounded himself with an indie band playing yeah. country tunes. Yeah, absolutely. That's why Cracked Rearview had such broad appeal. It's, you know, and, and I, I sometimes get, you know, I take a little heat sometimes for, I'm a, I'm a huge Hooting the Blowfish fan. Fairweather Johnson is one of my top five favorite albums. You know, and, and there's just something very, very brutally honest about his songwriting. Um, and I think especially that first album, you know, first and second album where, you know, he, he's actually talking about his emotions. He's really laying things out on the table and, and it's not, you know, yeah, they were super produced and made to sound all pretty and shimmery, but you know, those are really raw songs. Yeah. Um, and, and I like sometimes kind of crappy nineties pop rock <laughs> and, uh, you know, they, they fall into that, but I, uh, I let her cry for some reason is, you know, since I heard the album when I was what, like 14, 15 years old, that's been one song that's been consistently, that has consistently stuck with me. Um, and yeah, it could be released today and relevant. I, I think so. I yeah. think so. You could put it on, you know, you could put it on country on a country radio station. It's that crossover country that we're kind of getting, you know, that we just came out of the last few years. Sure. Uh, did you happen to see the MTV Unplugged Hooting the Blowfish? Oh, of course. It, it's outdoors. And the, uh, yeah, yeah, I dig that because it, it is a lot less produced and well, it does that's, show that's the, the Fairweather Johnson album. Okay. So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, that truly, I mean, I know Letter Cries off Cracked River, but uh, th that second album in total is, it's such a brilliantly put together album. And I, I am a fan of, you know, kind of that, uh, I, I like I like writing, so I like reading, and and that that idea of chapters, mm. um, and I kind of felt like that that album's a storyline, um, and I like that. Uh, Cracked Rearview is is brilliant, but I don't think they got to their storylines until that next one. No, that was an album full of singles, oh, and yeah. then they needed a bunch of songs yeah. to fit around it nicely for the radio. Uh, well, let's get to it. Here's Hooting the Blowfish. Stick around. I've got Chris Margolin and the Deadbird Collection here until 9 p.m. She sits alone by land. 
Trying to find a thought that's escaped her mind She says there's the one I love the most But stops not far behind She never lets me in Only tells me where she's been When she's had too much to drink
That was the selection I brought in. That was Emerson Hart of Tonic on his solo record, Cigarettes and Gasoline. And uh, glad to find out that Chris is familiar with that oh, record as well. Album. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Chris Margolin is my guest tonight. He's in studio. Uh, we haven't mentioned most of the details about it, but he's releasing a new record on June 23rd called Tattooed Hearts and Other Selfish Mistakes I've Made. Uh, it is going to be a big album release show. I'm super excited for this man. Doug Fur Lounge with Falcon Heart and Glasses. You can't go wrong. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. Falcon Heart, uh, Aaron DeRosa, who plays drums in, in Dead Bird Collection in my group, uh, he's he's kind of the, the co-front person for, for Falcon Heart, and they are they're truly one of my favorite bands out there. And I, uh, it's been really cool to watch them progress, especially with Marcus and Aaron coming from uh, coming from Marco Luna. Um, you know, I met I met Marcus when I was running an open mic uh, the Buffalo Gap years ago. Um, he walked in. Uh, really late. Um, I think he was like an hour and a half later than he said he was going to be. Um, and most of us had, had finished up and he came on and played a couple songs and it was, it was, it was really good. Um, and to watch them come from there to where they are now, uh, if, if you get a chance to see Falcon Heart, I mean, anywhere, um, you should. And, uh, you know, the 23rd at the Doug Fur is a, a really good time. It's a it's, wonderful it opportunity. It really <laughs> is a great time to see them. Um, they're releasing an album that night, too. Uh, and and you really you want to hear it. Um, I mean, I'm as excited to play the show and, and release my album. I'm not sure which I'm more excited about, to see them get an opportunity <laughs> You know, to show everybody, you know, really what they're all about and, and release this incredible CD. Uh, I kind of I think I might almost be more excited about that. How would you I've got my own feelings about the uh, Falcon Heart, but how would you describe somebody that is maybe looking at going to check out the show, but has never heard them before? What can they expect from Falcon Heart? Um, well, it, it, first of all, if you like if you like harmonies and and, uh, and strings, uh, you should be there. Um, I I like to uh, describe them as Mumford and Sons meet Panic at the Disco, but I think uh, I think they'd get angry at me for that. <laughs> um, really, I mean, what it comes down to is they are they are incredible at what they can put together with you know pretty minimal uh, you know their harmonies. They kind of they're kind of like old time folk, and yeah. you know with this just sweet you know, almost seventies harmony vibe going on. And there's just something so pristine about, you know, about their, their live shows. Um, the fact that they can pull, pull off their album and I, you know, I've, I've heard their album. Luckily I, I've got, you know, I've got an inside connection. That's right. That's um, right. You know, the idea that their, their live performance is identical to what is on the album, that they can pull that off so well. It's a, it's quite the feat. And they're just a, a wonderful match yeah. uh, for what's going on with your project and this album. It's it's really exciting because this week we're debuting your record. Uh, next week we've got Falcon Heart on the show. We're going to be cool. debuting theirs. Uh, so I appreciate that opportunity. And like you, I've been able to spend some time with the LP, and it is Killer. You're yeah. going to get everything on it. Uh, but the song I picked for our playlist tonight is Living in the Dark. I think it's just like a cool anthemic uh, song that captures the best of what Falcon Heart does. So shout out to them. Uh, looking forward to sitting down with them next week. Enjoy them right now. This is Falcon Heart on Sounds of PDX.
I'd concealed I'd set ablaze the secrets we concealed If I could make you feel the way you make me feel I'd set ablaze the secrets we concealed And babe I know This world will have the wolves outside your door Make you leave all that you love to fight a war Never tell you what you're dying for So darling, let the charmers lean the room Let them have that Nashville moon I want to know exactly who you are Then hang me in the tall 
That's John Moreland here on Portland Radio Project, an influence and uh, stage sharer of my guest, Chris Margolin. <laughs> yeah, I got open for him at Dante's a couple of years ago, right when the right when the High on Tulsa album came out. Um, and it was, I mean, he was the type of person that he walks on a stage and sits down with his guitar, and as soon as he opens his mouth, he could hear a pin drop. I mean, everybody is just watching in awe. He's, he's one of the most magical voices that I've ever heard, um, and, and one of the best storytellers out there. Uh, he can he can truly craft uh, craft a story in a three and a half four minute song. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, glad you brought that in. I really dig that track. Uh, so for our listeners who aren't familiar with what the Deadbird Collection is, <laughs> uh, I love what the meaning of this. Tell our listeners who aren't familiar with it what it's all about. <laughs> well, um, Deadbird Collection kind of started when I was five. Um, I used to bring home dead birds in my backpack. Uh, sorry, mom. Uh, but it, it got me new backpacks. Um, and honestly, I thought at that point, you know, I was, I, was, uh, I, I was sort of obsessed with the idea that I could bring them back to life somehow and that I could help them. Um, and that just became, you know, over the years, I, I kind of became, you know, the, the, like the fixer person like I tried to fix everyone and I considered a lot of people you know to be to be dead birds and that they became this this collection um and and so it just it evolved over time into kind of um almost like a a title of a of a large section of my life um and it kind of encapsulated that that feeling for a long time now Having said that, what was the particular vibe or thought process with the album? Because like I said at the top of the show, it's really well thought out. And the way you take the listener through the tracks is um, obviously done on purpose because it feels like it's moving you the whole time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a so so the new album, um, it's comprised of songs, mostly of songs that I've been playing for, you know, 10 plus years. Uh, I took songs that came from, you know, the dregs that came from frame by frame um, and brought them. I wanted to I really I just wanted to record them like I thought they should be recorded. Um, and I was I was younger when I wrote them. And I didn't I don't think that uh, I didn't understand what the music should sound like. Um, and I don't think even though I had written them at that time, I don't think that I understood the context do you think there was pressure to make it sound like the genre you were currently in? No, I just think I was I was kind of writing songs to write songs, um, and I I wasn't putting a lot of, you know, I was always focused on writing lyrics, but I don't think I put as much thought into what they meant for me personally. I think it was at that time kind of this character, um, and then it it took me I think up until a few years ago to begin realizing that maybe it wasn't such a, a character. Um, and so when I went back to revisit these, you know, these specific songs, um, it, it finally, I, I think I, it, the ideas and context were finally realized. Um, and it became really, really important for me to put these stories and these songs onto an album, uh, you know, that, that showed a true progression. Um, because, you know, the... The album is set up like a like a relationship, um, you know, kind of that relationship gone bad. Um, and I, you know, I know that 
that it's cliche that all songwriters write about, you know, crappy relationships. Uh, but I think there's, you know, there's a lot of honesty in that and, and that can pertain to a lot of different pieces of somebody's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when, you know, when, when Chris Ficht and I, who, who again was the producer for this, um, when we started to put this album together and I gave him the, you know, the demo tracks, we started to think about, okay, what order do these belong in and how would the story best be told? Um, you know, and I start, the album starts with a brand new, you know, a newer song, you know, kind of this, this summary almost of what the album's going to be about. Um, and then it really does move through, you know, from, from, it's kind of from breakup to breakup, I guess. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, there's a couple songs in there that are those proud, happy, like big moments, but, but really it's, it's kind of talking, you know, about, I think it's that head voice that talks that talks most of the time and kind of tells you this is what's actually going on. Maybe you should listen. Yeah, and, and you cap you've done a really cool thing. You've captured a, a like I said, there's a lot of anthemic moments and big moments, but there's a, some like genuine intimacy. Yeah, it sounds uh, and sonically, it just sounds like those moments. Like uh, it almost feels like the inception of the track. In the best of ways. Um, and I bring that up because the next song, looking back to the playlist, is Fires by David Ramirez. <laughs> I wasn't familiar with this. Here's, but. W- here's one of the major influences behind this album. Yeah. I think I actually, I think when, uh, when, when Chris and I went to start recording this album, uh, I think this is one of the songs that I gave him and said, this is kind of where I want to head. Hmm. Um, this is, I mean, David Ramirez is such an unknown uh, you know, singer songwriter from from Texas. He's becoming a, a bit more of a name. Um, he had a, a decent single called "I'll Stick Around" that came out a couple of years ago. Um, but he's he's another like John Moreland. He's a monster songwriter. Yeah, dude. I like I said, I wasn't familiar with this, but uh, it's it's pretty palpable. If you're not familiar with his work, uh, dig in. This is "Fires" by David Ramirez, an influence of Chris Margolin. He's my guest until 9 p.m. <laughs> Things 
Beautiful song. That's David Ramirez, an influence from Chris Margolin. I want to come back really quick. Quick shout out from Vortex. I've got your shows of the week right now. Support comes from listeners like you and from Vortex Music Magazine, helping the Portland music scene tell its own story, both in print and online. You can find free issues of Vortex in stores or read about the local music scene online at vrtxmag.com. Lots of good stuff coming up, coming up. Of course, 
Uh, it's rare that I can't have my guest show as the show of the week, but that's next week. Uh, one more shout out to that. Right. Falconheart will be in that one for next week, so that, we're fine. We're yeah. still getting it. And uh, we're going to do some text to win, right? We'll, we'll Absolutely. Do, we'll do some giveaways next week for that. Uh, but again, that's going to be on June 23rd, an album release from my special guest, Chris Margolin and the Dead Bird Collection, along with Falconheart and Glasses. Uh, but this week's shows of the week, uh, tomorrow is a local Roots series at Alberta Street Pub at 7 p.m. Really cool stuff going on there. Kaya on the Mountain is playing with Sister Mercy. Uh, Saturday, a really cool special event. If you can make this one, definitely make it. It's the Chris Cornell Tribute at Dante's, uh, 9 p.m., so that's Saturday, June 17th. A couple more shows, uh, a daytime all-ages show at White Eagle. I love that they're doing this. Three really good artists, Neve, Ashley Curvabon, and Kai on the Mountain is playing again. And then uh, L.A.-based band Low Moon is on tour right now. They're a synth-pop band. They're playing at Bunker Bar, and Portland's own Small Million will be supporting them. So go support local music, say hey to Small Million, and congratulate them for supporting a national act. That's always a fun thing to do, which... Chris, you get to do quite a bit. Tell us about some of the national acts you were just hanging out with over the last couple months. Uh, well, I opened up for that band that sang Sister Christian a couple of years ago. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> Night Ranger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I opened up for them. But what about the show at, uh, with Alkaline Trio? Oh, fellow? those That's, shows. Yeah. You didn't want to hear about the 80s bands? Well, uh, yeah, we can, we can spend. I, I opened up for the Proclaimers and the Bodines, too. So. Oh, that's cool. Um yeah, a couple of weeks ago at Doug Fur, I, I had I had a pretty cool. Uh, I opened up for Matt Pryor from the Get Up Kids and uh, Dan Andriano from Alkaline Trio, um, and I, to be perfectly honest, uh, I knew who Matt Pryor was. Um, I didn't know that Dan Andriano was the bass player from you know co-lead singer of Alkaline Trio until about the day before I showed up. Um, and the uh, you know the the 1999 version of me was uh, you know was shrieking inside and really really excited <laughs> to sing along with every song. Um, you were missing your leather cuffs though. You, no, you know I uh, I had my I had my six months or so with uh, with eyebrow piercings and uh, and blue chains. I think they were plastic chains. I probably I think I took them from like a movie theater. Oh, okay, that's a good um, idea. You know, I, I was trying really hard to look really cool. I think Saves I had time a, with the TSA. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I had a happy face necklace because um, I thought that was real. Like I'm not going to be happy, so I'm going to be ironic. Pretty ironic, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, but I. Uh, it was really fun to see, you know, to sing along with all of these songs that I've been singing for for years, um, uh, and just to watch like a packed Doug Fur uh, bouncing along to acoustic versions of, you know, of pop punk songs from you know the '90s to now. Yeah, so cool experience, but it also it, it harkens to. Uh, the good songwriting that was taking yeah. place, like they but, stood out for a reason, right? And it, and it's funny because you know you, I, I mean I listen to Alkaline Trio quite a bit, and you hear those songs and they're fun and you get into them and they you know they're exciting, but you don't and you sing along to them, but you don't always listen to the lyrics for that, and to hear them super stripped down, um, man, they're impactful lyrics. Yeah, they're they're really well written songs. Yeah, um, Matt Pryor, he brought his daughter on the tour, uh, Lily Pryor, and she's 15 years old. And with this unreal voice, you know, you got to, we got to the venue and, and I saw that she was, she was the opener. Um, and I, it was, she was just really good. 15, 15 years old. She walked out there and, and sang like she'd been doing it for 20 years. Um, and, and just this 
almost Sarah McLaughlin type voice. Oh, rad. Um, and then she and, and her dad, uh, you know, which it's a nice company to have as your father to take you out on tour. And, uh, <laughs> but they did some duets together. They did a, an Elliot Smith song that was, I, it, it had everybody in the audience, you know, truly just staring and crying and singing along. And it was beautiful. Wow. What a rad experience. Uh, quickly on the talk board, we've got Ben Hooks hanging out with us. He says, wildfires by David Ramirez is incredible. Uh, couldn't agree more. Thanks for hanging out with us, man. Hope you are doing well, Ben. Uh, we're going to get back to the PDX spotlight playlist, a new single from a local band, the pining hearts. This is the track Mona here on Portland radio project.
keep saying I'm gone You can't trust anyone I was so sure What I needed was more Tried to shoot out the sun Somebody knew I was meant for someone. So, girl, leave your boots by the bed. We ain't leaving this room.
Radio Project is a nonprofit independent radio station where we play a local artist every 15 minutes. We would like to thank our supporters who share our passion for local music and the community. Portland Center Stage. PCS inspires our communities by bringing stories to life in unexpected ways. Bill R. McCracken. Accounting, tax, and financial services. Premier Motorsports of Vancouver. Special thanks to Rick Johnson and his staff. That's right. We are a nonprofit independent radio station. This is Portland Radio Project on KSFL LP Portland on 99.1 FM and PRP.FM. I'm your host, Luke Neal. This is the second hour of Sounds of PDX. My special guest this week is Chris Margolin of Chris Margolin and the Deadbird Collection. Hello, hello. You've got a beefy full album with a long title coming out next week <laughs> yeah I, I, uh, Aaron our, our drummer uh, I, I sent him the title of the album over of a text message and, and he just wrote back and he said Can't, that should be shorter <laughs> you like that tell no. Fiona Apple right see see and that was my original I I had like a novel length and I kept thinking about the title and I and then I realized that, well, although I guess I'm, you know, it's not like it's a national, huge national album, so I wouldn't have to memorize some 60-word title. Right. But uh, I thought about it for a minute. Yeah, it's cool. I, I uh, like when people do that. Yeah, but, you know, tattooed hearts and other selfish mistakes I made. It's fantastic, man. It comes out June 23rd. I was lucky enough to get a, a pre-listen, and it is well worth the wait. Thank I know you. it's it's been in the trenches for a while, <laughs> man. Uh, so let's start at the top of the record. Uh, the collection is is a cool intro song. I like when people do this. It was really cool to see yeah. some short um, interlude pieces. And I, I, I will you could say this was this was Fitch kind of pointing at me on recording day, and and we just we just put the song down. We wanted we wanted something, and it didn't. We wanted something at the beginning that wasn't. Uh, uh, you know, originally Backbooth starts the album, um, and we wanted something before that just to kind of give almost that summary feel of here's what the album is is going to be about. So hmm. yeah, that, that forward to the to the novel that is the album. The the glimmer the glimmer of hope in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I do want to thank you again for allowing me to debut this thing. Oh, it's fantastic. I'm, thank you. And we've got uh, ten tracks on the record. You're only going to hear eight of the recordings because we have two live performances coming up later in the show. But hit us up on the talk board. Let us know what you think. This is brand new stuff from Chris Margolin. This is the collection here on Sounds of PDX.
Stuff, man. That's first couple tracks off of Tattooed Hearts and Other Selfish Mistakes I've Made. The forthcoming LP from Chris Margolin and the Dead Bird Collection. Uh, apologize. Yeah, radio DJs seem to clip a, <laughs> some of the title track off of the, or the opening track off the end there. It's all right. Uh, it's a perfect way to, it feels like the beginning of a, of a movie, you know, hearing those two tracks. And it does set the tone. So I wanted to ask you first, before we hop into uh, some of the musicians you were just talking about yeah. that contributed to the record, how... It was making this album different from making some of the other ones that you've done in your career? Um, yeah, I think, you know, this is the the seventh album I've been a part of. Um, and which is funny because Stefan, Stefan Hawks at Interlace has been a part of most of those. Uh, but really, you know, the other ones were, there were studio, there were, you walk into a studio, you record, you know, you do tracking separately, you, you get all this stuff done. Um, you know, or like the Lucy Gray album where you walk into a studio and you record it live and, you know, a week later, voila, you have a CD. <laughs> um, and like I said, I love that album. Like that's, that's, you know, what, out of, out of the, the ones that I've made, you know, beyond the new one, which everybody always says the new one's their favorite one, but, but right. truly the new one is my favorite one. But the Lucy, the Lucy Gray album, I mean, that was, that was a really strong CD. And I, you yeah. know, I, I was wondering if I could put something out that, that would top that as far as I, you know, my feelings about, about the albums are concerned. Um, this one came about kind of as a, a joke, um, <laughs> initially, uh, Chris Ficht, who was in Lucy Gray, who's the bass player for Lucy Gray, um, uh, and the guitar player for Marco Luna. Uh, he, he and I were kind of talking about a solo album, and he was going to school. Uh, he was heading to New York to do his master's in audio engineering. Um, and we kind of talked about, you know, I wanted to do a solo album, and I had never, I'd never done, you know, I was in Chris Margolin and the Dregs, but really the the band itself wasn't, we were we had a lot of fun, but it wasn't, uh, I don't think, you know, like I said, I hadn't quite realized the songs yet. Hmm. Um you know, so I, what we ended up doing was I went over to his apartment. Uh, I recorded, uh, I think, 12 acoustic demos, um, and I handed it to him, uh, and I said, I don't want to hear these until they're done. Um, and he took it upon himself to, he and Aaron DeRoso um, went in, and they arranged the songs, and, and Aaron laid down all the drum tracks uh, to what I had put down for the demos, 
Um, and then Chris took the album and he recorded guitars for it. He recorded bass for it. He recorded uh, a good portion of the piano for it and lap steel. Dude's um, a wizard. He is. He's, I, you know, and, and honestly, I could not, I mean, I, I literally could not have done this album without him. Um, I gave him a couple ideas for the direction and then, you know, I, I kind of, I kind of, it was his baby, you know, for a while. And, and it took, you know, two and a half odd years but it, he put everything he had into into creating the music behind this album. And a lot of that was, you know, the reason that I, I handed it over was because I'd been playing these songs for so long. I only knew them one way. Um, and and I couldn't get out of that sound and those chords. And, and you know, this part has always gone here. So why would I put it here? Um, and because I gave it to him, I didn't I gave up control. So I gave up full creative control to him and said, whatever you end up doing on this album, this is what we're going to put out. I mean, he could have come back with a polka album. <laughs> and uh, I would have said, okay, well, I guess we're oh, a polka band. Oh, he's listening, I hope you guys do a polka <laughs> single soon. Uh, Fitch, you got this? <laughs> well, so I was yeah. going to ask you if it took you know, some restraint to hand over that creative control, but it sounds to me like you were motivated by looking for a producer's input. Yeah, and I... I I didn't have any issues handing it to this, handing the songs over to him. I think, you know, part of the fun and the magic of this album was the fact that I really didn't hear anything of a finished version until I walked in and did vocals. Hmm. Um, you know, I would get piecemeals of the album over over the course of a year or so, and and you know, we'd talk about things, but I didn't even really give a lot of notes. Um, I really wanted him to just do his thing. You know, and and uh, we brought in Gene, who plays in Falconheart, to uh, to record violins, and and Travis from from Audio Sequence is, you know, doing background vocals on the tracks. My wife is doing background vocals on a couple of tracks. Um, you know, Becca Bisson did horns for it. Um, and we really just we we just brought in people that we that we loved and wanted to have on this album, um, and. It just it came together as truly. I mean, this is the album that I've been wanting to make for twenty years now. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, uh, one of the first tracks you guys knocked out was "Blood Runs Dry." Yeah, which was actually the that was when this album started. That was the kind of the new song, and that was at that point. Fitch and I said, "Okay, we can. I think we can put this together." Like that was. Uh, that you know was kind of that first single-ish song that that we had written. Um, yeah, I liked I liked working on that one. It was a it was a new uh, kind of a new chapter. And I think, like I said, these songs are all are all kind of chapters. But I think Blood Runs Dry when that when that hit. And I know last time I was here about a year ago, um, we kind of debuted an unmastered, unfinished version of mm -hmm. it. Um, and I. And I said then, and I'll say it again now, you know, that was a turning point song. So it was kind of, I wrote that, and that was kind of the end of this, of this chapter of the Dead Bird Collection. Um, and I know it comes, you know, comes next on the album. But uh, so it's, you know, but it, it does, it's, it, it has its presence at that beginning. Um, and I think it, it, beyond Backbooth, you know, it sets up. It sets up the album. And it's, uh, I'm a little particular to it because I've spent time with it for the last year and it's been in my catalog. Uh, but the, the finished version was great. Yeah, we, we didn't play the, I've had the unmastered in my catalog is what I've had for a while. So it was great <laughs> to get this. Uh, this is Blood Runs Drive. Played it plenty of times here on Sounds of PDX. You can enjoy the final version here. Brand new stuff from Chris Margolin here on Sounds of PDX.
Makes your heart beat.
left from your nap. Ah, brilliant stuff. That's Chris Margolin's new material off of his LP that is coming out on June 23rd called Tattooed Hearts and Other Selfish Mistakes I've Made. And during that music break, we got some uh, good news that there's some... There's a way that fans can hear your the rest yeah. of your uh, collection. Yeah, I uh, I'm a I'm a fan of just making sure that people have the music uh, that's out there. So if you if you hop on to Chris, Hello, Ma- I'll have oh, you go to the talk board. Oh, if you go to the talk board, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can see the link to where you can find the uh, the albums, and I've put them up there for free. So um, it is your Bandcamp link. Uh, so we put yeah. the link up on the talk boards. Yeah, go to prp.fm, check out the Bandcamp, tell them what they can find there. Yeah, on there, um, they, I've been I've been in you know a handful of bands over the last you know fifteen odd years, um, and and on that on that page you're gonna find uh, the first two Chris Margolin and the Dregs albums, the Frame by Frame album, the Lucy Gray album, uh, and possibly a, a surprise for you on there if you head that direction. Um, but you know, really, I it's I don't mind. You know, I I want to just give the music out there. It's not you know I'm not selling out stadiums. I'm not trying to make a million dollars from anything. You know, it's nice to make fifty cents once in a while. But uh, I'd rather have people listen to the music than have to you know find it somewhere. And and you know, I don't care if people just download it. But, How do you feel about that double-edged sword? I mean, from thirty years ago, the industry is so completely different, and the double-edged sword I feel is. Yeah, that you're not making any money off of the music, but there's so many more people who can hear it these days. Yeah. What What are your thoughts on uh, that? You know, but it, I think for for me, it was always that ba- way. I mean, even in high school, um, I was in a band called Jealous Rage in high school. Uh, Great name. I was, was that the Polka Project? Yes, that was that was the uh, the Polka <laughs> Band. Um, no, we were a, a terrible. Uh, we really wanted to be grunge, but I was way too poppy. Um, <laughs> You know, it was fun. I was in high school. It was a good time. Um, But even even back then, you know, when we were putting together our own CDs and cutting out the, you know, the covers for them and all of that, we just gave them away. Um, Why, you know, why try to sell something? I, you know, as a teenager, I didn't have a lot of money. So why am I going to try and why do I want to buy something? You know, I don't want to sell something to somebody who might not have the cash to buy it so they won't listen to it because they can't have it in their hands. 
Um, you know, so I'd, I'd rather give people the music that way, you know, that way more people are listening. I mean, so for, you know, the obvious selfish reasons, more people listen to the music because I've handed it to them. Yeah. Um, you know, but beyond that, it's, it's so much easier to share it. It's so much easier to not listen to it again. If you don't want to, you didn't spend your money on it. Uh, use it as a coaster. They're really pretty. So, <laughs> you know, if you, if you like a really pretty coaster, this new CD is fantastic for you. Um, you know, I'm not necessarily a fan of the CD format though, either. Uh, you know, I get that when people go to a show, you know, or, you know, it's really nice. I, I love vinyl. So, you know, it's really nice to hold something in your hand. And I get that. But nobody carries around a disc man anymore. Right. You know, so putting things up on a Bandcamp page, you know, Bandcamp is, is one of the greatest outlets because, you know, the money goes to the band. But you can also set it up where, you know, go download the music for free and toss your email address in there so you know what I'm playing next. Right. Um, and it it just makes sense in today's world to, you know, put out something for a very minimal amount. You know, like some people toss a whole album up there for a dollar, mm-hmm. you know, and that's awesome. People are giving a dollar to somebody. And frankly, that's more money than you might make in a long time off of music. Yeah. You know, a lot of us don't, you know, those of us who, who play music and, and don't go out and play shows very often, you know, it's awesome to get, you know, to get, you, you see the little notification pop up that you've got some money from a song or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and that's a lot of fun, you know, and I, I like watching and knowing that people are downloading stuff from the Bandcamp page. I think that's awesome. Um, and the more they download, the more possibility, you know, more of a possibility that they're going to come to a show. Yeah. And, and for me, there's a, for that reason, you know, there's, we've talked about this in the past, but there's an art to putting together a bill and for somebody to come to a show, I get to introduce them. If they're fans of mine, I get to introduce them to new bands. Um, so giving music away, you know, I've got a day job, so I don't, I'm not worried about the money that comes in from music. And frankly, I don't spend very, you know, other than a a guitar collection, um, (laughs) you know, I don't spend a lot of money on the production of the music itself. So, why not just hand it over to people? And there's just so much that goes into a record. And I know some artists feel really weird about that, but you mentioned Walkman back in the day, like uh, (laughs) 03, 04. We used to, when we were playing in the Phoenix area, if we had a show anywhere in Tempe, we'd head down to the ASU area with a Walkman and headphones. And we'd say, do you dig this? Take a disc. You know, it had our number, little EPK thing on it. Those, those (laughs) days are, they were wonderful. You know, they're, they're long gone. Yeah, but those are back in the days when you used to walk around downtown with a staple gun and posters. Right. You know, promotion back then was fun. It was visceral. Yeah. Like going on, you know, Facebook's a great outlet and Twitter and all that. It's awesome to have stuff up, stuff up on social media, but it took away the, yeah, it took away the personality of promotion. You know, sure, I can try and convince you with, a, you know, 140 characters to come to a show, or I can toss a poster up on a poll that hopefully you see and are interested in enough to go to the show. And I, I, I miss those days of going around in a car at midnight, one in the morning, and, yeah. you know, going block by block by block. And yep. then it was my old drummer and I, uh, Jason and I, um, he was in the, he was in Jealous Rage with me and then, and then the dregs, um, you know, we used to do those one o'clock runs. Let's go poster. Let's go poster downtown. <laughs> yep. Um, There's a Blazers game. Let's go. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Let's hand out flyers to this show at the Paris theater, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, in 1997. <laughs> and there's nothing, it didn't happen all the time, but there was nothing cooler 
than seeing somebody at a show that was a stranger that you marketed yeah. to. And it's just like, oh, I'm so glad you came well, out. Well, they like, weren't your family or close friends. That's just it. It was you unsolicited. <laughs> yeah. You didn't scare them off was right. the other big. Right. <laughs> well, let's uh, shift back to the record here. We're coming up on another track. Uh, it's the Dead Bird Collection. Uh, talk to me about the thought process that went into uh, this song in particular. Um. I'd written these lyrics uh, quite a while before I wrote the song itself. Um, probably, uh, with the exception of one other song, "Subtle Light," uh, probably on the album. This is, you know, one of the more honest songs. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's really easy to write about relationships uh, gone bad, um, but you know, when I look at this song and I understand it more and more. Um, it's that really inward look. Uh, and I think I got confused when I wrote the song thinking it was about other people. Mm. Um, you know, and over the last year and having a lot of time to reflect on it, because uh, I've been playing the song for for a little while. It was a, it was a frame by frame song to begin with. Oh, wow. Um, you know, never recorded. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that when I wrote it, I thought it was about other people. Um, and then... When I look at it now, you know, I realize how much of a diary entry it was. And this, this just became, there was not a way around this song being on this album um, or frankly being the name of this project hmm. because it just, it really encapsulates what this album is about and what this, you know, 10 year project essentially has been about is creating songs based on this dead bird collection. Um, and I think this was, this was just one of this, for me, this was, I think this is the most important song I've written. It's uh it's the raw nerve of the record. Like it's, yeah. it's very, it's super intimate. Um, we're a little bit out of uh, the playlist uh, of, from the record right now, because we have a couple live performances coming up uh, near the end of this hour. But before we do that, we're going to play a three song block, uh, dead bird collection, collection, first truth and anchor. We're going to talk to you about those when we come back. But we'll have your nice, beautiful guitar with you ready for some live stuff. So stick around. More and more new stuff from Chris Margolin and the Dead Bird Collection here on Sounds of PDX.
track anchor off of the brand new chris margolin release that is going to be available 
uh, next Friday, June 23rd. Got a big show coming up at Doug Fur with Falcon Heart and Glasses. We've been enjoying most of the LP this hour, man. Thanks again for letting us oh, uh, fun. spin them. And uh, we were talking a little bit um, during one of the breaks before we let you get into the live stuff. Um, I think it is important to set a vibe with your visuals and your artwork, and uh, we were complimenting the CD. So tell us how that came to be again, all the artwork for that. Um, I guess it, it started with, uh, and I've got I've, well, the, the heart that's tattooed on the CD, and if you go to the talk board, you can, uh, you can venture then uh, from the link over to, uh, over to the website where you can, you can, see, uh, you can see the cover. But really, it, you know, I, I have this little heart tattoo on my, on my wrist. I'm a little covered in tattoos. Um, and it's, it's one, of the, uh, one of the lesser tattoos that I have. It's, uh, it, it was not done very well. It was done on tour uh, at a little shop somewhere, I think in probably Phoenix, I think it was. And... Um, you know, but really, it's the it's the metaphor behind the name. You know, it's tattooed hearts and other selfish mistakes I've made. It's it's just the it's how I've treated how I've treated the world over the last you know several years. And this is like I said, this is a novel for me. This is this is you know this, this is a story with several chapters, and you know each each song. Uh, kind of feels like one of those selfish mistakes. Now, as you're looking at the the release, and there's so much has gone into it. I mean, the production and recording, obviously, for the last you know three years or so. But you had said it's it's a culmination of your yeah. of your last ten years. How do you feel that you're finally going to be able to release this to the listeners? And oh man, it's a uh, <laughs> it feels. I know Chris and I have talked about it. It feels pretty surreal. Um, I mean, it is a long time coming. It's a project that, you know, honestly, there were times where we weren't sure it was going to happen. Um, but to finally have these 10 songs down and ready to go and, and ready to share with people, um, it feels really good. It's a, it's a nice end cap on, on you know, 10 plus years of, of trying to make things one way when they should have been another way. Uh, and, and I'm not sure, you know, the... It's interesting because, you know, you, as somebody who's been in so many bands and, and you know, <laughs> looked for band names over the years, uh, you know, sometimes it's really nice to have kind of like a one-off for a project. Um, you know, obviously I'll always be Chris Margolin, but, you know, and, the, and frankly, the players will stay the same. I mean, Dave and, Dave and Aaron aren't going anywhere, and if they do, I'll, uh, I'll find some way to rope them back in. <laughs> uh, you know, but... But I'm not sure what you know what the new project post this will sound like. You know, uh, Josh from uh, from Audio Sequence and I keep talking about putting out a country album. Why not? Like a real like a real country album. Like an outlaw. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, so you know we've we've been talking about that and kicking that idea around. So so I don't know. Um, I've got I've got some ideas in the works for for some little EPs that I want to put out. Um, you know, and I'm gonna I just want to write songs and and kind of get to a point where, you know. There's studios everywhere, so you know I, I get excited about the recording process, and I, I like doing I like doing live albums. Huh. Um, so I think just going into a studio and knocking them out, I mean that's that's kind of what I want to do for a while. Um, but yeah, this put, being able to put this album out, uh, it feels really good. It's it's you know, and the Doug Fur is is home for me. I mean, I you know I've been lucky enough to play there. I think this is you know this is about my fifteenth or so show there over the last. Uh, seven to ten years, um, 
you know, I've been really lucky to be a part of that. And, and being, you know, having the album come out there, it's where the Lucy Gray album came out. It's where the Frame by Frame album came out. It's where the Dregs albums came out. You know, so it's, it's a really important venue for me and it's a really important album for me. And I just think, you know, this is, this is the right time to put it out and have fun and share it with everybody who's going to be there. Well, yeah, I've, uh, like, as you know, been able to sample some tunes for the last year, and I've been really looking forward to it. And I can tell you, it didn't let down, um, as the listeners can tell tonight. And and when they get a chance next week to download the record or pick it up from you at Doug Fur, like, spend some time with it. Put some headphones yeah. on because... Uh, Chris and uh, Chris <laughs> put a ton of love into it. I mean, it's it's palpable. Um, so yeah, we've got a couple songs coming up from the record. I believe uh, of my mouth was this track four <laughs> on the um, record, or was this later on? Track. It's either track four or nine. It's, it's really bad when you when you <laughs> have to. You know, we're looking here. at looking at the disc to remember <laughs> what order the songs went in. Uh, it was four. It's track yeah. number four. <laughs> Well, right on. Yeah, any uh, any side stories of this one before you play it for us? Um, not that I necessarily want to tell. Uh, <laughs> no, I just you know I I think this the the spot this has on the album this is you know probably one of the more positive uh, songs at least you know it's it's well it's positive ish mm-hmm. um, and I think it was definitely it, it was when I wrote this song I wrote it with with the purpose of telling somebody uh, a story. Hmm. Um, and this was the only way that I could could get that out. Well, it is all yours. We've got Chris Margolin live on Portland Radio Project. Cause I didn't mean to say I'm sorry, but words fell out of my mouth. Say I need you, you're the only one I'm thinking about And I didn't mean to say I miss you more than you miss me I just wanted you to know that Didn't I love you? Didn't I want you? Didn't I hold you when you cried? Cause I could lie to you, but I said I was leaving you. Says I will last goodbye. And I didn't mean to use excuses, but words that fell out of my mouth. Yes, I'm jealous when I'm with you. I get lonely when I'm feeling without. So I could watch you walk away and let this all just turn to a lie. How can I wipe your tears away and be turned on? I 
My sister's listening on the mobile app, and she said, I'm listening. So she didn't post it on the talk board, but she said, loving his voice. I'm listening on the app. So, Carol, thanks for listening along. Uh, yeah, man, I'm always blown away with your um, your vocals. Like, the first time I saw you live uh, was at Dante's. Uh, this is great. Yeah, great atmosphere. You guys, you know. Tore the paint off the back of the walls, like that was, and that was our last show. That was uh, that was a hell of a way to go out, Mogo Fest. Now, for real, right? It's like, uh, you know, I Jason Feldman who puts together Mogo is uh, he, he's I mean he's a you know he's a Portland legend as far as putting bills together and, and putting projects together and obviously the tribute band scene, but but his ability to start an original band festival that has nothing to do with with the tribute artists. Um, and truly bring together, I mean, what, 30 odd bands yeah. over just a few nights um, of, you know, the best of the best in Portland. Um, and, and to have Lucy Gray on there, you know, a, a couple of years ago, that was a really big honor for us. And it was, you know, we knew we were ending because, uh, you know, Chris was moving off to New York um, and we, we didn't want to do anything. I mean, it was, we were a four piece and it, we had always decided that if anybody moved away or stepped away from it, Lucy Gray was done. Yeah. Um, and that was the best possible night to end that band on. That was, uh, I, I respect the hell out of that for sure. Um, but yeah, anything from, from a Lucy Gray performance to in studio strip down, your, your vocals always blow me away. Um, I do want to give you a nod. You were twice nominated for Best Male Artist at the Portland Music Awards. I think that's uh, a nice feather in the cap. So congratulations, <laughs> sir. Thank you. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, since you're holding a beautiful instrument, you've got your tailor with you. I know, <laughs> you're, I know you're a guitar geek. So talk to me about some of the records uh, or the, the guitars that were played on this album. Um. You know, that's it's funny because I can't. <laughs> They're all Chris's? Uh they were. I I honestly, you know, I Chris is a telly fanatic, so I'm yeah. sure there I'm sure there's some of that on there. But honestly, I'm not sure what he what he used. And I know that sounds weird. Um and I tried to get him uh, to come out to this tonight. I don't I think he's back in town already. Yeah. Um but uh I'm not sure. You know, and I, which is kind of nice. Yeah. It's, it's a little weird. You know, I know like uh, it was my lap steel that he used. Um, you know, uh, he may have, I'd given him a, like an early seventies bass that he might've used on this, but I'm, I'm really not sure. Uh, I basically, I, you know, I have a, at that time I had a pretty hefty vintage guitar collection. Um, and I kind of just said, if you want to use any of these, use them. Yeah. I mean, I have stuff going back to the thirties. And, you know, as many sounds as we could get. But I'm not sure what ended up going on the actual recording. That's what I was thinking. You've got such a cool collection of vintage instruments, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, well, that's cool. I, and, and the one you have tonight's 
it's amazing. It's my baby. It's yeah. my early Lemon Grove Taylor. And, it uh, is beautiful. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's hear it sing again along with you. Let's do uh, this is Subtle Light. I believe this is the ninth, uh, eighth song on the record. Um, so yeah, this is uh, again not in order, uh, but this is a, a cool one. Obviously, drop D. Yeah, and I think this song. Um, this song holds a really special place uh, for me. This was the very first frame by frame song written, um, you know, and and for for anybody who's been following you know my music over the years, and I don't expect you know I don't know who who that is, but um, you know, frame by frame was a great breakaway from the dregs at that point because uh, Matt Kebby and I had started writing these you know these kind of really pretty songs um and we had a our our band at that time when we formed dave who's playing with me in, in dead bird uh he was our bass player and his old drummer kyle uh came from a like a super heavy metal band hmm. um and i in my head wanted to meld this nice happy strumming pop music with a back end that would just roll you over like a train um and and we did uh, <laughs> and you know this was this was a song that when when you know when I finished this and, and brought it into to Matt uh, this was kind of the okay we need to do something else um, and and this became I mean I, I think at that time this was the most honest song I'd written you know it's, it's four or five years old and I think like I said earlier with Dead Bird they're kind of they kind of run in, in tandem like that I think they're these are the two songs out of this entire album. Uh, that are just as as bare and, and raw and visceral as, as I can get. I'm really glad that you're performing them tonight. Uh, this is a great opportunity. Another live performance. This is Subtle Light, live on PRP by Chris Margolin. I am on 
Another killer performance, man. Well done, Chris. Thank you. Uh, that's a song off of Chris's new record, Tattooed Hearts and Other Selfish Mistakes I've Made. It's going to be available next Friday, June 23rd. They've got an album release party. We've been talking about it all night long at Doug Fur with Glasses and Falcon Heart. And we want to say hey to Falcon Heart and Dan Cable there at Mountain Air right now, hanging out, listening to this session. So thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Oh, nice. Uh, really looking forward to seeing them next week on the show on Sounds of PDX. But I think that was a, a beautiful way to wrap up the interview we've got one more song off of the record we're going to say goodbye with uh with wrecking ball but chris again phenomenal work thank you the record's just stellar dude i can't uh thank you enough for coming in and sharing it with me yeah and the listeners and 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 truly i mean you know and i i've been here a couple times with lucy gray and then uh, last year on my own and portland radio project has been you know you've been there especially you luke have been um and and Portland, definitely. I mean, we are a better music community because of Portland Radio Project, and I I really appreciate everything that you guys have done for the scene, and, you know, I'm super excited that it's a a radio station now. Yeah, It's not just a website. (laughs) It's a radio station, and that's, I mean, it it shows what type of scene Portland has um, and how proud musicians are of other Portland musicians. Um, it's an honor to be a part of this scene. Uh, it's an honor to have been part of the scene for the last 20 years. And I'm really excited that we finally have a radio station that supports local music um, almost exclusively. And that's, I mean, that's amazing. Man, thank you so much for saying that. Yeah, I, I uh, feel the exact same way. That's why I'm here. Uh, luckiest dude in Portland, get to hang out with artists like Chris, hear new music, get some in-studio live performances. So as always, it's a pleasure to have you on the thank air, you. man. Thank you. Uh, I hope everyone can join me next week, of course, on Tuesday night with Falcon Heart. But on June 23rd at the CD release, uh, we are going to let you go into the evening with Wrecking Ball. That's the closing uh, song off of the record. Chris, any uh, 
particular words of wisdom on this one before we let you go? No, I, I think this, you know, it's it's the end cap, obviously, on the album. It's it's that final track, um, and it closes the door on on the, you know, on those relationships that this album's about. And, and this this kind of finishes off. I mean, it really it really is a final chapter. Uh, I'll leave it with that. Well said, man. It's a perfect bookend. Uh, this is Wrecking Ball off of Chris Margolin's brand new record available on the 23rd. Tattooed Hearts and Other Selfish Mistakes I've Made. I want to say happy birthday to my niece, June Maxwell. Happy birthday to you. I love you to death. I'm your host, Luke uh, Neal. Uh, wait, what? last second thing, because I promised I'd, I'd say this. Uh, my daughter, Madeline, is listening. She's six years old. She learned how to ride a bike today, uh, so that's pretty cool. Congrats. And she, uh, She's got a voice uh, like an angel at six years old and man is she a machine on drums she's a metronome so look out for her i hope she's sitting there in the future chris i'll be able to chat with her right (laughs) right on well thanks again man i'm your host luke neil reminding you to discover and support local music
So what do you want me to say? That I could be your sweetest dreams, oh, just your crying shame, crying shame, oh.